sports? Do you like beer? Do you love sports and beer? Then you're exactly where you need to be. This is the Hughes Views and Brews Show on 1252 Sports Chicago. Cheers. Good evening, everyone, and welcome in to another Hubes Views and Brews. I'm Fred Hubner, and uh, doing the show allows me not to watch more White Sox baseball, which actually is probably good for the blood pressure, probably good for the heart, probably good for a lot of things. Uh, I did see the first inning and a half, and I know the White Sox are trailing Lance Lynn's first uh, outing of the season. Uh, We'll talk a lot of White Sox. We'll talk some Cubs. Uh, We'll work in some other stuff. We also have some beer talk with my guy, Chet Brett, uh, a little bit later on in the show, probably around 740, because I'm going to rail and rant, and uh, Mike's going to join me in just a couple of minutes talk a lot about the White Sox. Um, we were sitting there at uh, Nick and Ivy the other day. Sox are winning like 7-3, to three, and as the, the uh, as the Rangers are scoring, Mike just keeps going, yes, yes, yeah. And, and Linda, my girlfriend, says, how do you two guys get along? I said, well, you know what? If I cared more, that um, would bother me. But I know what the White Sox are, so it's not a bother. So we'll talk a lot of White Sox. We get some Cubs in here. Ozzie Heehan had a really funny thing he was talking about. We'll get into that. Um, Also, some of the best baseball I saw all week was yesterday. It was yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday when Notre Dame knocked off the Tennessee Volunteers, the number one team in college baseball to advance to the College World Series. Six of the eight teams are set for the College World Series. The other two will be determined today. Um, Notre Dame's not going to have an easy run of it. They've got Texas uh, at the College World Series in Omaha. One of these days, my buddies and I, who are all big baseball fans, they all played baseball instead of getting cut like I did. But we're going to go to Omaha, I think, for the College World Series. It sounds like a great trip, a week or two trip to Omaha. Do nothing but watch baseball and drink beer and stumble on back to your hotel and go back and do it the next day. And you'll get to see players that are going to be in the big leagues. And uh, there's always a bunch of them. Uh, So it's fun. Uh, College World Series starts a little bit later on this week. But it is Hubes, Views, and Brews. And Solemn Oath celebrated their 10th anniversary the other day. And I have a Solemn Oath beer here. I'm showing you the bottle cap. I'll show you the uh, label. This beer... I think it's called a Cavraca or Cavraca or something like that. It's got a picture of a girl in a white bikini and a guy with a lay around his neck. And um, so I don't know how to pronounce it. But it's from Salamoth. It was made in 2014. I checked. We're in 2022. So I've got a, I've got a replacement beer if this one doesn't taste good. It is a uh, Russian Imperial Stout, 11.5 alcohol by volume, 22 ounces. And uh, we'll crack this thing open, see how it tastes. And uh, if it doesn't work, I got a, I got another beer. I got a substitute beer, a relief beer, I guess you'd call it, to fill in. But let's see how this thing pours. Um, well, it's a stout, so it pours nice and dark. And uh, we'll see. I got a little bit of a foam to it. Listen, stouts last a lot longer than ales do. 
And um, that's one of the many things I've learned about beer. Ales are, uh, lagers are hard to make, harder to make than some of the stouts. So let's see how this is. A Russian Imperial Stout, eight years old from Salamoth. It still holds up pretty well. A little lighter than some of the Russian Imperial Stouts that I've had before. But we'll see. We'll see, we'll see if it holds up. I'm getting some funky tastes to it. So I may end up going, let's see here. Uh, thick, chewy, and vis viscous with a complex malt profile comprised of roasted barley, dark chocolate, molasses, and dark fruit with a light, piney hop balance. Well, it is light, so maybe it's maybe I'm getting exactly what I should be getting. If anybody out there is watching and you're a beer guy and you've had this in the past, let me know uh, if you think it's going gonna, it's gonna to last. You think it's going to be uh, something for me to drink? There's 22 ounces of this at 11.5%. It just tastes light for a um, an Imper Russian Imperial Stout. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, let's get to some White Sox baseball. Um, we're watching 1252 Sports Chicago, and the brains behind the 1252 Sports is our guy, Fat Mike. I even my, Mike, I've even taken you out of my phone as Fat Mike. I now have you as Mike Morosky. I, oh, I take, no. I took you out as Fat Mike. I was getting tired of asking the um, – when I was driving, I, I was getting tired of saying, call Fat Mike. <laughs> so, yeah, I was getting tired of doing that. I just – Well, well you, know. you gave me a, a very high compliment there saying the, the brains behind 1252. There's, yes. there's no brains back here. It's all impulse <laughs> is what it is. It's all impulse. Well, that could be. That could be it is impulse. And because it's impulse, you had a nice announcement last uh, Thursday on yes. your show. But, uh, you know, you're seeing my background now, and you're seeing your background in your yes. office, and I'm down in my basement. But pretty soon you'll be able to see us at our office. Yes, yes, yes. we did. We, uh, we we closed on the 1252, uh, the Whistle Sports Bar and Grill Studios in beautiful downtown Lockport. Uh, I cannot wait to get this thing up and ready to go. We'll be ready probably like the middle of July with everything situated yep. out where we have some of your stuff in your office, some of my stuff in my office here, some stuff that's going to be brought in. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun. We're going to be doing our shows down there, and it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. Yeah, thanks to uh, the guys from uh, the Whistle Sports Bar and Grill. That's over at 159th. 159th, 159th, just yep. Just before Harlem, if you if you go to Harlem, you went too far. They're absolutely. And that's if you're going if you're going east, you've yes, gone too correct. far. If you're going yeah. east on 159th, if you hit a Har if you hit Harlem, you went too far. Yeah, so uh, great. We cannot wait for that to get started, and we'll be doing shows there. We'll be sitting and be comfortable and relaxed. Not like we're not relaxed or comfortable now. Right. I mean, it's 90 something outside, and there's tornado warnings everywhere, and we're sitting. You're you're in your uh, office. I'm in my basement. I got like goosebumps. It's so cold in my basement. I went outside I to get the, that cold here. I wish it was yeah, that cold here. I went outside to get the mail from my glasses fogged up as soon as I walked outside. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but let's talk some White Sox baseball because Are you sure you want to? Are you yeah, sure you I want do. to? I do because he can't bed, Fred. Are you sure you want to talk? But see, White Sox? here's the thing. Here's the thing about true fans. Okay, and I've gotten debates on this for the whole time I was on radio. If you're a true fan, you're honest about what your team is. You're not 
you're not, uh, you know, Cub fans used to be be blamed for just being, oh, that's fine. They'll be fine. Everything's good. And when I was growing up, I had a guy that said, the Cubs are better than the Sox. I said, they've been over 500 three times in like 20 years. How can you even say that? <laughs> well, that's changed over, you know, the last decade or so. Right. But the Cubs are having their problems right now, their struggles, but they're that's expected. They're in a rebuild. The White Sox are expected to be a World Series contender. Right. And I went through the standings today. I printed up the standings from the Chicago Sun-Times. Right. And in the standings, there are 18 teams in baseball with better records than the White Sox. Yes. 18. Nine in each league. Uh, yes. The White Sox are 27-31. They're already trailing uh, Detroit with Lance Lynn making his season debut. Uh, the Cubs are 23 and 36. They have a 390 winning percentage. The Sox 27, 31, a 466 uh, winning percentage. The White Sox have the same record as the Miami Marlins right now. Yes. Okay. Miami Marlins have a lot of young talent or young players. Uh, I don't know that they're expected to do anything this year. The White Sox were expected to do things. And all we've heard in the last week, basically since your show on Thursday, all we've heard is fire Tony. Fire Tony, and you've listened to me on the radio. You listen to me talk on these podcasts, and I don't think the Cubs won because of Joe Madden. I don't no. think the Angels lost because of Joe Madden. Right. I don't think the Phillies were losing because of Joe Girardi. And I know that sounds weird because the Phillies then went off and rattled off like nine straight wins. No. But I think you got to have your players doing something. And I looked at the White Sox, and basically I wrote down here. The White Sox can't hit or field, and that's a bad, you know. And when it's you look at their combination, that's not a great yeah, combination. And their pitching ERA is twenty-first in baseball. Yes. So I guess you could say they can't pitch either. Right. Exactly. So if you're a baseball team that's supposed to win or get into the World Series or contend for the World Series, you can't hit, pitch, or field. That's really bad. Now, is it Tony Larusa's fault that Lurie Garcia is hitting one ninety-three? Is it his fault that Yasmani Grandal is a 185 average, a 294 on base? Yes, two, baby. A 237. Yes. Yeah, Dan, Dan Panetti, he just calls him yes all the time. <laughs> now, earlier today, I saw the headline in the uh, Sun-Times talking about uh, Yasmani Grandal and how he wasn't going to go on the IL. Well, he put they put him the there. <laughs> yeah, they put him there because he said his back, he had back spasms that were going all the way down to his knee. So... Grandal's on the IL. He's hitting 185. Josh Harrison hitting 181. But worst of all is Johan Moncada. Moncada's got an average of 132, an on base of 177, and a slugging uh, a slug of 209. He has no let's see, he has two homers and six RBIs. And right. it's are these Tony's fault? Is that all no. Tony's fault? No. No, no, that's it's not, not Tony's fault. fault. It's you know what? You have players. First of all, you have injuries, and people right. tell me for years, well, you know, you can't blame injuries. you got to have enough players to uh, make up for the – well, yeah, you do, except when you have Anderson, Eloy, Robert, um, Lance Lynn, you know, all these guys that are down. There was one point they had five or six starters down and not playing, and uh, it's very difficult for a team. Managers can't – you can't make talent better than it is, right. and um, – that's one of the problems with the White Sox. They do not have enough talent. You got Pollock who's starting to hit the ball. Abreu's hitting 251. He has seven homers. He had his eighth tonight. Uh, he's got 26 RBIs for the season. If 
But I put some stats together because you're the Cub guy. I'm the Sox guy. Yep. The Cubs and Sox have the same average as a team, 242. Exact same batting average. The Cubs on base is 320. That's eighth in baseball. The White Sox is 299. Yep. 25th in baseball. Slugging, the Cubs have Wisdom and Schwindel and Contreras. Their slug is their slug is three three ninety four. White Sox three sixty six, twenty sixth in baseball. The White Sox have only one team in baseball has walked fewer times than the White Sox. Uh, the White Sox strike out a lot, and home runs, which is what the White Sox are supposed to win. The Cubs have net ten more homers than the White Sox do this year. Right. So is that Tony's fault? No. No. I don't blame the hitting coaches either. A hitting coach, pitching coaches have value in baseball. I think hitting coaches, let's go try it again. Let's change this. Let's move your leg. Let's move this. Baseball players get to the big leagues because they know how to hit. When they go into slumps, they either listen to their coaches, listen, watch video, um, decide they, what's going wrong. No one changes their stance and becomes better. They always they want to stay with what they've got. But – with Yasmani Grandal, God, is he bad. And yep. then injuries continued. Michael Kopech, two-thirds of an inning yesterday. And your guy, we, we love Johnny Cueto, okay? Johnny Cueto coming, going to the manager and saying, listen, going to the pitching coach and saying, hey, listen, I'm supposed to go tomorrow. I'm ready. I can go. He went five innings yesterday. Know, know, three, they, also, they, were, they were also warming up Cease. Well, pitched, there was a reason. Yeah, two they and weren't days prior. Yeah, they warmed up Cease because Cease is going to have to go tomorrow, and because they moved him up, he's going to have to had to get a bullpen in. So that's why he was throwing yesterday. A lot of people were concerned about that, but there was a there was a reason for that. Um, but just absolutely terrible. So I don't like Tony Larusa. I didn't like Tony Larusa when he was here with the White Sox in the eighties. I don't like Tony Larusa. I didn't think he should have been hired. I wanted AJ Hinge. Right now, Tony Larusa, they said, well, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, right. he was a Hall of Famer with a great Cardinals team. He won with a great Oakland team. Right. You got to have talent. Your pitchers and hitters have to pitch and hit in order for you to win. That's you, do you think you think Aaron Boone's a fucking genius? No, he's got guys. He's got he's got Judge at the top of the order hitting home runs. He's got Stanton. He's got all these guys hitting he's the crap Rizzo. out of the wall. He's got everybody. Well, you, yeah, right, and, yeah, and Cub fans saw the Yankees the other day. Yep. It's. I, managers, it was not, pretty. It was not yeah, pretty. managers in my mind don't mean a whole hell of a lot uh, when it comes to baseball. I've been people, even pe people that semi agree with me. They go, they mean something. I said, they, they can't. They do. They they do mean something, Fred. They do mean something. The one thing that I was really excited about when the, when the when the Sox made the push to go out and grab Tony Larusa, all right after after Rick Renteria. I thought that the Rick Renteria White Sox teams were boomer bust. Okay. I thought they were home run or nothing. And it, it's exactly what they showed with Eloy and with Abreu right. and with everybody else they had on that roster. I thought that Tony LaRusa would bring back baseball. All right. And that's one thing that I absolutely love about the game. That's one thing I love about Tony LaRusa is that he brings back baseball. And it, for a lot of the guys that are sitting here listening, for the guys who are going to sit here and listen to the download of this show. Right. I mean, get them on, get them over, get them in. Yeah. Baseball. I mean, sure. baseball. Play the game the right way. Play it like it's a play it like you're playing chess. Play it like you're playing, you know, poker. 
Get them on, get them over, get them in, score runs, do what you got to do to win a ball game. You win an inning. If you win six of those innings, you're winning the ball game. You know what I mean? That's exactly what it boils down to. And it hasn't been that way. It hasn't. I'm sorry. It just hasn't been that way. And now I'm starting to come to the point where it's like, man, Tony's out of his realm here. He just don't fit. I thought Tony was going to be the, the savior Honestly, as a, on an outside perspective, me being a Cub fan, I thought Tony was like, this is a great hire. I think this is exactly what the Sox need. A, t- a guy that can come in here and be like, hey, listen, this is how you win ball games. This is how you play baseball. And it just hasn't transpired to this team, to this core at all. Period. And he does, he does speak fluent Spanish. So it's not like he can't relate to these players, okay? He can relate to all these players. The White Sox have a lot of Hispanic players, and they built their team with Eloy Jimenez and with Luis Robert and with Jose Abreu and Yohan Moncada and all that. But when you talk about that, since Tony was here in the 80s, analytics have become a big deal. Now, Tony was behind analytics. So was Joe Madden. But what Joe Madden said the other day after getting let go, he, and this is what I was looking down. I'm really bringing I got a mohawk. Yeah, well, he gets a mohawk to shot to tell you know to try and shake his team up, and he goes in in the office, and they say, "Well, you want They won't get to see it because you're fired." Yeah, you're um, fired. So here's what Joe Madden had to say about advanced analytics. It's been kind of difficult overall. I'm into analytics, but not to the point where everybody wants to shove it down your throat. Real baseball people have felt somewhat impacted by all of this. You're unable to just go to the ballpark, have some fun, play baseball. It's too much controlled by front offices these days. And that's exactly the truth. And it was happening when Theo was here with Joe Madden because they had their computer, Ivy, I think the name was, and Ivy would crank out who hits better, who does this, who does that. Then Tony uses this the other day, and he gets skewered because they said, how do you walk a guy with two strikes? Now, I'll the first person that brought this up was my old partner, old radio partner, Mike Murphy. Today, Mad Dog Russo brought it up on high heat. Since it happened on Thursday, nobody has talked about this. None of the reporters. And if I'm Tony, I would have brought it up. Freddie Freeman was on first base. There was a wild pitch. He went to second. Now Turner's got a one and two count. You've got first base open and a lefty pitching and a lefty on deck. It makes sense. It does. It's not a bad move. Now, I understand walking a guy with two strikes never gets done. But Tony rattled off, hey, analytic people, here's the numbers. With two strikes, Trey Turner hits well. Right now, Muncie doesn't necessarily hit well against lefties, and he's struggling. And he just barely got the ball into the first row in left field and then ran around the bases swearing at everybody. Um, But everybody said, not one person. Now, Murph brought it up to me. I didn't want to tweet it because uh, I didn't want to steal Murph's thunder. I figured I'd save it for today. And then today, like I said, on high heat, uh, Chris Russo went off on it. He said, listen, with first base open and Trey Turner up, righty against lefty, he goes, not the worst move in the world. As it turned out, it it didn't work. But nobody talked about that. And I can't believe – well, actually, I can't believe. I know some of the reporters. (laughs) Um but nobody asked Tony LaRusa about, did you do that because would you have done that before? You're, there's no way he was going to walk him if Freddie Freeman was still at first. 
But now you went first base open. Right. Okay. So it kind of made a little bit of sense. If Trey Turner hits a home run, who would have been the first reporter to go to the locker room and say, did you consider walking Trey Turner with first open? You know, they probably wouldn't have asked because they didn't have the balls to ask with a one-two count if you'd consider walking a guy with a one-and-two count. But Tony laid out what the analytics were. And right. so it's not, you know, everybody just jumps on fire La Russa. And my thing here is it's not Tony's fault that this team is playing poorly. No, Fred, you're 100% right. Now, going back to this entire thing, this this whole, you know, one-two count, two outs, and you're going to give the guy a free base after a pass ball, I get what you're saying. I understand it. But it's something that hasn't been done since the 1940s, man. Like, <laughs> it's, it's literally hasn't been done since the 1940s. Okay, now that being said, I want to say this. If a guy has two strikes on him, he has a better chance of, becoming an out than he be than he does becoming a guy that's on base or a guy that hits a single or something like that. He has two strikes on him. That's just I mean it's it, it's you get two strikes. I mean come on man it's it's not it's not 20 2003 Barry Bonds up there. Yep. All right it's 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 this shithead. Okay. I mean it's that's exactly what it boiled down to. I was in awe of the move. All right. Now that be all of that being said it is not Tony LaRusso's fault that this team is underperforming. I can name five guys on this team right now that if I was Rick Hahn, I would DFA tomorrow. Well, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I left, I can name I left. one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six. I got six guys on a list here, and five of them I would DFA tomorrow. Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. Now, Rick Hahn deserves some blame because oh, Rick yes. Hahn – Rick Hahn decided to get Yasmani Grandal. Rick Hahn decided to get Dallas Keuchel. Right. I understand two years ago, Keuchel had a nice season. Okay. Right. He was sixth in uh, Cy Young that year. He also was the guy that decided to get Craig Kimbrell. Yes. And for no apparent reason, because you had a closer, and everybody says, oh, that's fine. We'll work together. That's bull. Once you have a closer, you don't need a closer. You need a setup guy. Craig Kimbrell's not been a setup guy. And um, that was a bad move. There are other bad moves that, that Rick Hahn made. I'm yeah. a fan of Rick Hahn, but you can't overlook that he's not made a good move in a while. Plus, at the end of the last two seasons, basically two seasons, you know they needed a second baseman and a right fielder. They didn't yes. get one last year. They had Madrigal. They weren't sure. Then he got hurt and all the other stuff. And they haven't had a right fielder. They thought that they'd be able to use Vaughn. And Sheets, because they like what Sheets did, Sheets just got sent down because he cannot hit. Okay? He can't hit for average. He It was nice last year. He hit the home runs. I'm looking here. Sheets' numbers aren't much higher than the 193 that Lurie Garcia had. Sheets right. was hitting 204 with four homers and 10 RBIs. Uh, his on-base was 268. See, none of these guys are drawing walks. And that's a big problem. So he never got the right fielder. As it turned out, Three times yesterday, Adam Engel left guys on base. I love Adam Engel, but he's not a guy that's going to drive runs in for you. Um, right. It's just they don't have – they don't have – and I hate <laughs> to say the injuries is the main reason. But, but it's, the, you know, if you look at it, it's really not. It's the guys that are there right. are not performing. Right. See, and the, the old adage is this, too. you got to be strong up the middle to be a successful baseball team in the, in, in the major leagues. You have to be strong up the middle. 
your catcher, your shortstop, your second baseman, your center fielder. When you boil it down, start go. I mean, don't even start today. Start at the very beginning. Start at opening day. Yeah. Look how strong the Chicago White Sox are up the middle. They well, are, you ha- they are trash up wow. the middle defensively. Trash. There are there are people that love Yasmani Grandal because he can frame pitches, but can he cannot he catch the ball. But you got to be able to catch the I ball know. to be able to frame a pitch, Fred. Yeah. He can't catch the ball. Then you have Tim Anderson, who Anderson's he's out. He hurt himself, pulled a groin muscle, and he's out for a while. Even when he's healthy, he's still a liability at shortstop. He does make errors. He's got nine of them. I think that was when he got hurt, that was the most errors in baseball. Right. And then you got Josh Harrison, and then who? Or Larry Garcia. Larry Garcia. You'd be better off with, yeah, you'd be better off with Danny Mendick at second base every day. The only person that you have that's strong up the middle is Luis Robert. That's it. And, and who could possibly be an all-around fielder? Who's an all-around yeah. fielder that strong up the middle is Luis Robert. And, and, the, and the entire weekend against the Rangers, he was reaching for the ball. He had a couple yeah. of hits on Sunday. Uh, today, first pitch, he swings at a pitch. He swings at the first pitch a lot of times, and never, people in baseball know that. So they're not giving him good pitches. And Steve Stone went off on him today uh, in the very first inning. He says, Luis Roberts got to learn to actually not swing at the first pitch all the time and wait for a pitch that right. you can hit. And he's not doing that. And uh, it's it's tough because he goes out way too long. You know, another thing, uh, Giolito and Cease are really nice pitchers. They pitch like crap against good teams. They do. They don't pitch well against good teams. Yep. I've been Giolito, saying this for a year. I've been saying Giolito, this for a year. Giolito threw a lot of pitches. Uh, it was Rangers the other day. Threw a lot of pitches against the Rangers in the first couple innings. He had met on base constantly. They left him in for the fifth, which they probably shouldn't have because he was pitching poorly. But then he got rocked. He had a 5 nothing lead. It was 5-4 when he left after five innings. Right. Dylan Cease throws a lot of pitches. He walks a lot of guys. And when Dylan Cease starts walking people, talk about throwing pitches, you're walking guys, you're striking guys out. That's all the pitches they count. Right. They add up. So, you know, the, the biggest bright spot on the White Sox right now is Jake Berger. And yeah, which and which I you mean, could how probably is that going the last though? You could probably pass for Jake Berger. But how <laughs> thanks. But <laughs> you how can pass is, for how, a Jake Berger right now. How long is that gonna last though, Fred? I mean, come on, he's he's a guy. But he's, he's getting he's, he's he's a guy, and they don't they don't know where to play him because they have Moncada who plays better at third than Berger does. Berger made a couple errors over the weekend. Um but the other thing we didn't bring up, and I mentioned it yesterday after the game ended, and that was the white. There's a lot of dumb players in baseball, and for some reason they always end up on the White Sox. <laughs> Luis Robert yesterday, with one out in the last inning, there's a fly ball by Berger to the warning track, and they're losing eight to six. And all of a sudden, Luis Robert decides I'm going to go from second to third and try to get 90 feet closer. You're down right. by two. Your run means nothing. He gets thrown out. That was talked about on High Heat, on MLB Central, on uh, Pardon the Interruption. It was talked about everything today because it's a stupid play. Now, people are going to say, well, you know what? The manager's got to let these guys know. No. Players have to be smarter. Yeah. Stop blaming everything on coaches. Know the game. Yeah. People say, they well, they got to go. been six years old. Know the game. Exactly. When we're it's sitting like, in. It's like this is something new to these guys, right? It's not something new to these guys. It doesn't matter where you come from, Dominican, Venezuela, 
fucking Cuba, Canada. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know the game. Yeah. You've got to know the game to be a player in today's MLB. And if you don't know the game and you're going to make bonehead mistakes, then your bonehead ass should be sitting on riding pine. And, and that's, that's one of the problems with baseball nowadays is that as long as you can hit – they don't care what your baseball mentality is. It, is, it, is, is. Seriously, is it even a thing, though? As long as you can hit, a lot of today's hitters are betting 250, and they're considered all-stars. That's not hitting the baseball. No, I know. That's not I, hitting I, the baseball. And this is this is, oh, this is this is a whole other wormhole that I would love to get into you with. Sure. Because it, it, I mean, seriously, it drives me nuts where a, a guy who barely bats his body weight is considered an all-star. Yeah. A guy like Joey Gallo, because he has 40 homers, and 88 RBIs or 99 RBIs last year, but bats a buck 91. I know is an all star. Yeah, I mean, it's get brutal. Out of here. Are you kidding me? All they care about is the long ball. And uh, right. way back when it was Chick Stig the long ball. And now the problem is if you're not hitting homers and your average is 230, you suck. And the White Sox are not hitting homers, their average is bad. They look listless yeah. at the plate, for the exception of a few guys. And uh, they need the spark. Of Tim Anderson coming back, yes, they need something. Definitely, they they definitely need something. But this Sox team, I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record right now. All right, and this is, I'm sure a lot of your guys, a lot of your a lot of your Sox guys are gonna be mad at me, but I'm gonna say this right now as it sits on June 13th, 2022, the Chicago White Sox will not make the playoffs. No, I I would agree with you. That, that's where I'm at right now because it, it's yeah. it's a long haul to make up that five and a half games. Where the Twins are playing out of their mind with pretty much everybody on their everybody on their pitching staff, their starting pitching rotation, on the DL, yeah, and they're still winning baseball games. It's, it's if, a, if the if the White Sox do not win the division, they will not be a playoff team. No, there's no chance. Of how hard that AL East is. Right. Yeah. There's you absolutely the, no the chance. Yankees, Toronto, Boston, and Tampa Bay, all fighting and ripping for a spot at that wild card spot. There's not there's not one team in the uh, of those four you just mentioned that I would give the White Sox an advantage against in a playoff no, series. Right, not exactly. One. Not one. None of those guys. And yeah. even even with the Twins, even with the Twins, you can put all five of those teams in that mix, and the White Sox do not stand a chance against all five of those teams. Period. Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine if, if it if it were to happen? This again. This is just me saying. This is me saying, I know you're a diehard White Sox fan, and I've been watching a ton of the White yes, Sox. Yes, you have, more than, you, more than you've ever wanted to watch. Yes, yes, more yeah. than I've ever wanted to yeah. watch. I've been watching a ton of them because, you know, this is what we do, Fred. We've right. we got to be in tune with what's going on here in Chicago. And there, there is no glimmer of doubt if they get matched up against the Yankees. Oh my they're going to get smoked. Yeah. And that's, yeah. what it, that's what it boils down to. The Yankees will obviously get the get the first round by, but if they get matched up against against them, holy moly! Yeah, well, I gotta, I have to admit, the way the playoffs are going to run this year, that's confusing as all hell. So I got to figure out who gets yeah, buys, it's, it's who gets buys, who plays who, and all that right. stuff. Right before we go to the Cubs for a brief little bit, Ozzie Guillen said yesterday when the game was over, or actually one of the hits during the game, he said. Who the hell is it that came up with this exit velocity? This is the dumbest stat I've ever heard. They, some guy they had, and he says, what do you want me to do? You know what? Come up with a stat, how hard guys hit the ball. That and Ozzy said. guys hit the ball. Right. Ozzy said, you, you know what? You know the only time that matters? And he was right. The only time that matters is when a ball goes out of the park. Right. 
No, otherwise, I've seen, well, that guy, he hit that ball at 106 miles an hour, and it goes for a single to left. It doesn't matter. Now, I had I saw some people on Twitter say, yeah, guys that hit the ball harder have a better averages. Not necessarily. There's guys that hit the ball like rockets right at people, right at the shortstop, right at the second baseman, right at the third baseman, left fielder, center fielder, whatever it is. Um, the, there was a, the old adage was hit it where they ain't, which is right. something major league baseball players don't like doing because they don't want to have to try and hit the ball in a certain area. And it's weird because I love the sport. It's my favorite sport, but I hate the way it's been going over the last several years. And like you said about averages, people don't care about average. I don't care what he hits as long as he hits home runs. Well, well that's when, when you were when you and I were sitting up there this last weekend over at Nick and Ivy. Nick and Ivy, thank you guys so much for hosting me all weekend during Canal Days. All right, when we're sitting there watching, hosting you, is that, what, is that what you call it when you just sit and drink all day? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> they just, they, Pretty much. <laughs> Do they have any of the beer dart available after you? Yeah, there's still plenty of beer dart available. Yeah. Okay. And Paul actually, Paul, our our lovely sponsor over at Nick and Ivy, he actually gave me a four pack of Fat Mike today. Oh my god! The last four pack of Fat Mike. It was stationed out in the back. He gave it to me. I was like, I love you so much. I gave you're him in up. heaven. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> in all actuality, what we were talking about just now, hit him with you said the old adage is hit him where they ain't. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's exactly what Texas did to the White Sox this last yeah. week in those last two yes, games. Yes, it is. I mean, literally, it, it's a word for word verbatim. I watched yeah. that seventh, eighth, and ninth inning. Yeah. Sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth inning on Saturday. Yeah. And you and I were sitting there with David, the bartender up there, and he's sitting there. He's like, I bet you, I bet you. I was like, I bet you lunch. Yeah. And it, it was every single hit that the Texas Rangers got was a blooper. Yeah. Over Danny Mendick, a blooper yeah. over Lurie Garcia, a sure. blooper over Jose Abreu. That's all I it mean, takes to win games. Yeah. I mean, literally, bleeders that absolutely yeah. kill your club. Yeah. I mean, balls that are 11 feet in front of your center fielder. I mean, on a I know. shot. Yeah. It was like, how do you even defend against You can't defend against you that. You can't. There's no way. There's no way. That's exactly, that's, it, it is exactly what happened. To the White Sox on Saturday, and then on Sunday they just they just let the they just shit yeah. the bet on that one. Yeah, they had a couple extra inning losses, not good. Uh, North Side, the Cubs went to New York City, oh. which was just ugly. I yes. do not like, and I don't ever want to see a pitch a player pitch again. It's the dumbest thing in baseball. I think Thanks Yadier Molina. I think Yadier Molina's done it three times this year. It's the dumbest thing in baseball. It's a travesty when you got a game of baseball and you're watching that. People say, well, it's entertainment. It only entertains the idiots, okay? I'm sorry if you are entertained by it. Okay. No, yeah, I'm an idiot, yeah. It's, okay. it, an idiot. it's it's not the way baseball's meant to be played. No. But the no, Cubs, the Cubs yesterday, despite the loss, 18 to 4, I guess it was. Yeah, they got smoked. They they snapped the streak they had going. They were 0 for 0 for 48 with runners in scoring position. Now that explains why you don't win many games. Yes. 0 for 48 with runners in scoring position. Ian Happ had a uh, single in the seventh inning. It ended that. He was a double short of hitting for the cycle. Uh, I know you don't like Ian Happ. I'm, I'm sticking with him. I like him. I don't I like him. him. I've hitting, never seen Ian Happ have a productive out in his entire career. Hitting 275 on base, 378 right now. Uh, seven homers, 30 it's, RBIs. It's a fluke. It's a fluke. He's second on the team in RBIs with 30. So It's a fluke. So, I mean, I, it's a rough weekend. Now they got the Padres coming in. That's yes. not getting any easier. No, it's not getting any easier. And 
And you know, and then Atlanta. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's it's not gonna get any easier for the Cubs. No. But you know what? We expected this out of the Cubs. I we I mean that that's the big difference, Fred, is that we expected the Cubs to stink. Right. All right. We expected them not to be a good team. The White Sox were written on paper to be a contender for the World Series again. This I know. Year. I know. And like that's the huge difference. And now what what are they separated by? Four games? The uh, Cubs have 23 wins. The White Sox have 27. Yeah, let me see here. Right? I had all my stats right here. Yeah, you're right. But then you go to losses too. So you got four more wins and uh, Cubs have five more losses. So yeah, it's uh, four I mean, it's and really a half. Separate, I think. It's literally yeah. separated by four wins, five yeah. wins. Yeah. You know, the White Sox should be a lot better of a team than what they are. We knew that. They, I, me as a Cub fan, I knew that they were going to stink. I knew it was going to be a struggle for them to win 70 games this year, 75 games this year. Yeah. I knew what I expected. I wanted to see the progression of guys like, finally, hopefully, if he can stay healthy, Nico Horner. Yeah. Guys like Nick Madrigal, if he can stay healthy. When? When he can ever get when, healthy. Yeah. When he can ever get healthy. I wanted to see progression out of guys like, okay, what is Patrick Wisdom? Can he be a guy that can hit 250 with 30 homers? Yeah. And we didn't know who Christopher Morrell was. Right. Yeah. I mean, what is Keegan Thompson? What is Caleb Killian? What are these guys? You know, that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see these guys, okay, this is the year to bring these guys up and let them shine. If they stink, they stink. But let at least give them a chance. Yeah. You know, you don't know what you have until you go out and showcase it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the same thing. Like, I mean, look at look at what the look at what the Sox did with Chris Sale. They had no idea what they had with him until they put him in the bullpen. They put him in the bullpen, then he, he's he's lights out there. You throw him in, you throw him in a starting rotation, then he's lights out there, and then he becomes a known name throughout baseball as, hey, this is Chris Sale. He's on the mound now. Yeah, you know what, though? That was a nice deal for the White Sox when they made it, but the reason the Red Sox were able to make the deal is because they had Rafael Devers in the background. Yes. Rafael Devers was the guy that was waiting oh, to definitely. be there. It was not yeah. It was not Yohan Moncada. No, no. It was Rafael Devers 100% of the way. Yeah, there's no doubt. They knew who they were going to yeah. be getting. And I don't mean to I don't mean to sidetrack back on the White Sox, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to dump all over the White Sox by any by any stretch, but they got fleeced on that deal. No, they didn't. Chris Sale's been hurt for Chris Sale sucks. Chris Sale's been hurt for two years. <laughs> what about Yohan Mangata? He's been hurt well, just I, as much. Yeah, but they got Michael Kopech in the deal, yeah, and Kopech and slowly but surely, slowly but yeah, twenty twenty. I mean, come on, yeah, I know. Slowly I mean, but surely, he's a guy that they hopefully will. The one thing that I posted this week, and I want to to revert back to the White Sox, right? And I don't mean to sidetrack or derail your show. All That's right? okay. My our, our guest is, has not got the link, so I'm trying to send it to him as we go along. Oh boy. Okay. So, so I made a post yeah. earlier this week. Okay, I made a post earlier this week. Whose fault is it for the recent Sox struggle? Since last year. The Whites, since last year at the deadline, the Sox are an under 500 baseball team. Yep. All right, since the All-Star break of last year, they're an under 500 baseball team. Is it Tony Larusa? Is it Rick Hahn? Or is it Kenny Williams? And that's I don't a think Ken- that's yeah. a question that I've been wanting to ask you all week. Yeah. Unfortunately. that we've waited until now for me to ask you that. Unfortunately, I don't think Kenny has anything to do with that. That I think it's uh, – Unfortunately, I hate to say it, but I think it's Rick Hahn. 
The guys he went out and got are not performing. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And because of that, the White Sox are in the spot they're at. They, plus, they can't stay healthy. And that's not on the White Sox. That's not on the brain trust. Again, I use that term loosely. It's not on the brain trust of the White Sox that, to keep guys healthy. But they've got to be able to figure it out. And, um, yeah, I think Rick Khan's guys just have not done the job they need to do. You know, wait, let's take a break. We got sponsors to hit. As we hit those, we'll try to get make sure that our guy uh, Chet gets the uh, the link and he can join us because we got some beer stuff to talk about and um, his Yankees are doing real well. All the Yankees are unbelievable. Fred, yeah, I want to yeah. say thank you for having me on tonight, man. I really do appreciate it. Hey, you jump on anytime, anytime you're there, you're there, and you do all the shows for me. So uh, be I'm more than happy to have you jump on in. So uh, we'll get we'll get Chet on here in a second. Thank you so let's much. Let's hear from our uh, our sponsors and we'll get back and talk some beer in just a little bit. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. Hi, I'm Jonathan Darren, licensed real estate broker with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group in Homer Glen. Are you looking to buy or sell? Have you been disappointed in the past? The Jonathan Darren team with Cobble Banker Real Estate Group focuses on providing you with a concierge level of service during the process of buying or selling. We are a service-oriented team with a fresh and professional approach to selling real estate. Our goal is to combine knowledge, skills, and passion to exceed our clients' expectations, and most of all, we truly care. We are a knowledgeable real estate team focused on offering expertise and innovative solutions for our clients. The Jonathan Darren team has five full-service real estate brokers and a dedicated full-time marketer servicing all of Chicagoland. We will customize a detailed plan around your timeline for a sale, purchase, investment, estate, or other needs. Real estate transactions can be stressful, but don't need to be. Let us handle it for you. Visit our website, homesbyjdt.com, or call 708-308-1938 today. Expect better in real estate. Choose the Jonathan Darren team. Fuzzy football, are you ready, brother? Real football action on a glossy game surface, played shuffle style. Slide a shuffle puck at pass or run targets. And a free mobile app keeps track of every game detail. Easy to learn, but this game of skill is difficult to master. Take care of the ball, or turnovers will kill your drive. The game is guaranteed to get your competitive fire burning, and it's perfectly sized to take anywhere. The park, a barbecue, your next tailgate, or fun at home on game night. Fozzie football is simply the best. Most realistic and competitive game of football available anywhere. Add defense when your skill improves and take the game to the next level. The perfect mix of fast action and real football drama where a last-second Hail Mary can break hearts or 
make champions. Welcome back in. And I got to tell you before we go to talk some beer talk, but uh, uh, after going 0-5 in the first five games of the season, I have won the last two games. Uh, two Saturdays ago, I went over to uh, Nick and Ivy where we play. There's an eight-person league. And uh, I knocked off uh, two opponents, and I won two straight games. So I had a two-game winning streak in Fozzie football. Problem is, I'm still two and five. And uh, the nice thing is, I think we have 16 weeks in the season. So I got plenty of time to come back on. And uh, Fozzie football is a ton of fun for the people that are playing it. My girlfriend Linda watched the first time, or one of the times we were playing. And next thing you know, I looked at where she was. She was sleeping in the window at Nick and Ivy. There's a nice couch looking out onto state street and there she was uh sleeping because she said it's probably more exciting for you guys playing it is it's a lot of fun we have a great time i won a game 68 67 scores get pretty high it's a 15 minute game and i scored as the guy that i was playing turned the ball over i marched downfield and i had a 12 yard gain from the 11 yard line on the final play of the game i won 68 67 and uh yeah i was very very happy with myself that was my first win and I got tired of being winless. And uh, so now I'm two and five, and we cannot wait for more. Um, this beer is not bad. Again, I'm not the expert. I'm not a beer taster, not a professional beer taster. So this beer from Salamot, this Russian Imperial Stout, really good. Um, and you'll know by the end of the show that it'll be really good. I've got 22 ounces of it at 11.5% alcohol by volume. Now, the beer, my backup beer, which will be drunk in the next couple of weeks, is a Bourbon County Stout that they came up with this past year. It's a 2021 Stout aged in bourbon barrels with brown sugar, citrus, coriander, spices, and natural vanilla flavor. But it's called the Bourbon County brand Classic Cola Stout. It's going to have to go back in the fridge and wait for another show. And uh, we'll try that then. Okay, the guy we're bringing on, we've had him on before. He is the guy that introduced me to almost everybody I know in the beer industry. And uh, you can never miss him. He's a tall, large man and uh, a great friend, uh, someone I made friends with years ago. There he is, Chet Brett, drinking his drink out of his drink Illinois glass. What's up, Chet? Cheers, everybody. Cheers, Fred. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, I never had a chance to get one of those drink Illinois glasses. I guess I don't hit the, the breweries nearly enough. Right Just now. go over to John Bitterman's and clip one out of his uh, yeah. out of his complex. Hey, I don't know who to apologize. All the friends I've introduced you to, or you to all the friends uh, that I introduced <laughs> you the other way around. So, uh, but it's been yeah. great. Well, and, it, and, it, and it gets back to one of the things that I talk about a lot with the beer community. You know, we've done a really great job in in Chicagoland and across the country in the last ten years, especially since you know I've been out here in Chicago in terms of building awareness, especially in the craft beer industry. But with somebody like you who's bringing the fans from outside of the craft beer industry, some of your sports fans who might necessarily, yeah. you know, not be first-run uh, people going down to get the latest, uh, what do you call it, fear of missing out group, you know. These are yeah. people with a beer like this, for example, Freddie. It's, a, uh, it's from our friends at uh, Imperial Oak. We'll get into some of the particulars. Sure. I think I have the fundamentals of doing this by this point. Check your head. Yeah, <laughs> Um, so it's a great, easy drinking lager. It's not a bitter IPA. And so anybody who watches your show, who listens to you for all your great takes on baseball and sports, this is a beer. A lot of breweries are going to have an easy tasting beer. And some of them are a little bit more 
off palate or, or different styles that you might not even just lager. Some people like sour beers and you didn't know beer sure. can be sour. And so there's a whole variety. So that's that's one of the things I want to thank you and, and uh, all the people outside of the you know, hardcore craft community to be, help us tell the story. Well, and it's funny too, because, and I told the story several times, especially when I had uh, Thomas on from Goldfinger. And I had told him the story uh, two weeks after Goldfinger opened up. I looked and there were, I'm 65. I just turned 65 in May, but this was a year and a half ago. And there were five guys at a table that were at least five to six years older than me. And I told Tom, and I said, listen, you're going to be fine. He goes, what do you mean? I go, if you can get 70 year olds to drink your lager, I go, we're going to come, we're going to come anyway. I says, we're going to come anyway for your stuff. I said, but if you can get the people that are not familiar with craft beers and they don't like IPAs, but they get a chance to go to a brewery that makes lagers and pilsners and things like that. I go, you're going to be fine. And as we've seen, Goldfinger has been tremendous so far. Yeah, we want to get people into the community of, of craft beer, and it could be any version of it. You know, uh, some of our friends let yeah. dogs be on the patio. You know, so you know, there's every once in a while there's a, a social media trend on the uh, positives of having children in breweries. I'm from this camp that says, listen, in the right environment, children to a certain age, to a certain uh, period of time in the day. It's a great energy. I mean, that's a lot of the people who are with your uh, uh, talk about new spots. Our, our friends over at Hop District, they got yep. that whole front room that's become a de facto place for kids playing games and eating pizzas or whatever they're doing um, while the patio is thriving. And so if it if it finds the right combination, it's great. It's a great sense of family when you get everybody together. And, you know, it's just a great environment. Yeah, we had Jim from uh, Hop District out last week. And like you said, the name is in the in – the, uh, in the name of the brewery, Hop District Community Brewing, and uh, it's a great place. I, I was there the weekend that they opened, and wonderful beer. They're making stuff slowly but surely. They're going to fill up all their stuff. They had some guest taps, which was nice. Um, but you're a guy that you you bounced around a little bit, and you were at Church Street. I got so yeah, we've we've gone through. If other people have caught this before, we've gone through a lot of this before. But basically, ten years ago, I didn't know anybody in the beer industry in Chicago, and I came out here. I threw myself in with the uh, great folks over at Church Street had a great run with them, and then I hit a couple other breweries, and I did some, uh, I did some stuff with the guild. I was on the board, and then did some lobbying and down in DC, out in DC, and, and downstate. Um, but one of the best parts of it, besides the sense of community you get, is to see what other people's communities are dealing with. Sure. And um, there's a couple of groups that I, I work with that are just very humbling. Operate, uh, Operation North Pole, and I don't know if you know, people know anything about that, but that's a really awesome organization, and it, it deals with children who have you know pretty pretty bad cases of cancer, and they give them opportunities, a Christmas environment kind of thing for certain periods of time. So that's something that I was privileged to be kind of exposed to. And then there's another one called Blessings in a Backpack. You know, something you yep. would never understand until you really get the particulars. And some communities around the country in their financially depressed areas, some of the children's only meal they're going to get during the course of the day is breakfast and lunch at school, which is really a tough environment. So they'll get a backpack full of groceries to take home for the weekend so they don't spend the whole weekend hungry. So I realized that there's a, a bigger picture. You know, I've got a certain point in my life where I've, I've had a lot of fun. And so I'm trying to combine all those elements, try to have a video element to it, you know, you were there for the release at Open Outcry, and, and, and yep. you saw what, what they're doing there and, and the people that we work with down there was the Why Me, and they're doing breast cancer research, and they have that 64 team, thousands of gals come out. You have to be 25. There's, it's just a great 
group of people, but they're doing real work. I think 27 years they've been out doing it. And John and the people at Open Outcry and Eric and, and Lindsay, they've just been part of that community. And what that community needed is a, is a place to bring people together. So I get to do that myself. You know, I'm just trying yeah. to share all that love I get all the time. And now we've turned our brew day. So basically, again, once a month, we're going to go or approximately we're going to go to a different brewery in a different town and uh, brew a different style of beer. The brewery picks the style of beer and they pick the charity, something that's important to them. It could be veterans issues or dogs or or, or breast cancer or any kind of stuff. And we want to help tell that story in the brewery environment and sure. uh, and have an event to release it. So this this Saturday, we're going to be down at Imperial Oak and uh in Willow Springs, and if anybody has their bike, now would be the time to tune it up because it's about some really awesome mountain bike trails. But it also has got some real flat, uh, uh, easy, easy biking bike trails. So uh, that's what we got going on uh, this Saturday. And this Saturday, it's, uh, we're benefiting the uh, Male Breast Cancer Coalition. Peggy yep. and her son, Peggy and her son um, Brett, uh, are leading that effort. A small little organization. But a friend of ours, Brent, we won't get into all his story at this point, but a good friend of ours, uh, if anybody followed that story, had that beer. Thanks, Cody, at uh, Noon Whistle that released it's an awesome beer. So it's an it's awesome, awesome beer, beer too. Yeah. Awesome He's a great guy, very emblematic yeah. of what this industry is all about. And so he was lamenting that there's not a lot of great resources for you know men dealing with breast cancer. So um, I reached out to them and said, what can we do? And so we're going to, we brewed this beer. And, uh, and again, the brew day is, is an awesome thing because, you know, it's sort of like sometimes when you drive by the highway workers and you see one guy working, a lot of guys standing around. That's a little <laughs> bad about these collaboration brew days, but we got, we got to roll up our sleeves a little, especially Brent got to help out a little bit. And we're going to help tell that story on this Sunday. It's going to be an all day event. It's not really particular, no time set. I'll hopefully be there from most of the afternoon to the early evening. Um, and, you know, people want to know more about it. I'm starting this thing called Brewing Kindness. And, you know, I, I've been real fortunate. I got the beer friendships and I got some of the, you know, some of the other stuff. But, you know, it's sure. building an organization and people always want to say, oh, how can I help? Well, reach out to me if you know something about the Internet and building websites and, uh, you know, or a brewery. Your, your, your brewery, you know, after a couple of these things, I've had other friends that heard of been doing it. Now that I'm actually rolled it out and starting to do it, they've reached out to me directly. So, uh I want to help tell the story. I want to help tell the story for the brewery, but more importantly, I want to tell a story about what the community is interested in, especially with the philanthropic things and the charities and the nonprofits. So that's that's my yeah. you know that's my story. So well, and and we had we had a great time uh, at when Noon Whistle out in uh, Lombard had the day for Brent, and uh, it was wonderful. And he oh, was yeah. walking around. They had the charity, and it was I had not been out at Noon Whistle. Uh, in a while, I didn't even know that all, all space they have and uh, and the food they oh, have yeah. served and everything else like that. And it was awesome. We had a great, great time. I sat with Chris from Imperial Oak over in Brookfield. I sat with him and his kids. We were having a great time. They were ordering some awesome food. It was a wonderful place, a great time to raise some money for male breast cancer, which, like you said, rarely do people even know about that. And, um, you know, I, I know that my right's bigger than my left, but I've checked and I'm okay. I'm good. Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 a it's a terrible thing, and and uh, Brent's doing well. Uh, I I went. You can always run out and run into Brent on Wednesdays out in uh, Naperville at the Noon Whistle. Great guy. He knows his crap, man. It's unbelievable. I was there. They have so many. They have so many lines of beer at Noon Whistle out in, in Naperville. It's crazy, and. Um, and Brent, he's a guy that I one of the, my first friends in the beer industry ten years ago. He was a beer buyer yep. for uh, 
our buddy Jerry's Restaurant Group, Ellen's and Warren's and um, Brooks and Laverne's, the four spots that Jerry's got. And he was also a buyer at Malloy's Liquor. And he really loved the industry, loved the craft, and uh, he's got a lovely wife, a couple of wonderful children and whatnot. He's got a great family going on. He got involved with friends over in Noon Whistle, at the originally, yep. obviously, at the, on the original location over in uh, Lombard. But then he's now spending some time over at the location, I guess, in Naperville. So uh, cheers to him and cheers to all of our friends out there that are, you know, dealing with stuff. And we try to, you know, try to make the world one brew at a time, you know. Sure, sure. I mean, I this is a weird story to tell, but I saw you on October 11th of 2019. Uh, My wife passed away on October 10th. And on the 11th, I had to make the plans for the funeral and all the other stuff. And on the way home, because I made plans at a place called Russo's in um, on Roosevelt Road, and I drove down Roosevelt and stopped at Noon Whistle. And next thing I know, I'm sitting there having a beer because I needed one at that point. And there you are. And you and I sat there and chatted and talked and uh, hoisted one to Pat. That was wonderful. And, 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 you know, go ahead. And, and Pat was one of those awesome spouses. And I don't say <laughs> wise because sometimes the wife is a bigger beer fan than the uh, – husband so uh but she's one of those spouses that just realized that it was something that was important to you yeah and that she wasn't gonna fall jump full in and some some spouses have become bigger fans than the original person but yeah the reality is that she understood that this is an important thing for you and that sure. i was for i you know when we have friends go through these challenges you want to figure out what you can do and sometimes it's just hoisting a beer and and yeah. you know respecting and celebrating the life of the person you know yeah. yeah, and it was, and it was that day because I was just planning on going in and having a beer by myself, and there you were, and that was awesome. We had a great time, and I've I've told the story to other people going to the Polar Beer Fest at the the top of Rock Bottom downtown. Oh, and Ray's, uh, Ray's keeping that tradition, you know, Rock Bottom. Yeah. Is, uh, you know, was a little challenged by the pandemic and all the realities of that, but uh, Ray's back brewing. They're killing it, and uh, anybody's looking for a great place in River North, go by and see Ray. Well, and the other thing is, too, when I came out to see you and John at Open Outcry for the Why Me and for the uh, the beer that you guys released and stuff like that, first of all, the beer was amazing. And people that may not get out there, people in the western suburbs or somewhere else, they hear Open Outcry, it's 110th and, you know, and, and western and it's like, oh, okay, it's going yeah. Yeah, yeah, to take a while for me to get there. It took me a while. I came, but you know what? When I got out there. The pizza was awesome until you started pulling the pepperoni off it. Oh, come on. The hell? Come on. Come on. I pepperoni. I would have flown <laughs> against the wall, for Christ's sakes. Yeah, but it was but, it was delicious despite the pepperoni. We were able to get around that. Yeah, and their, their food is great. It's a wonderful place right there in Beverly and uh, awesome. Um, I wanted to bring something up, and uh, I wanted to do it right at the start, but we got right into the beer stuff. You're a guy that you've been able to witness and see uh your your high school win a uh high school basketball championship this year uh glenbard west awesome absolutely awesome was so much fun watching them win but you're a yankee fan so you guys gotta be you just gotta be enjoying the hell out of baseball whenever you watch it well you know what fred i'm a big yankee fan but it's been tougher being out here to be as Arden, you know, last the last Cub game I went to, I saw Derek Jeter's last baseball game at Wrigley Field. So okay. that's my last connection with the Yankees sure. in life. But, 
I've been trying to embrace the White Sox in the last couple of years. Obviously, my friendship with you and some of our friends in the I'm South. Sorry. And, and it was never a cover White Sox guy. But, you know, I thought it was going to be an exciting year. And then yeah. they had that, uh, you know, that three game, that were losing, losing. They had the three game win streak. And then they had that play. They were down two in the uh, extra innings. They came, or they three, and they t- came back to tie it after the two guys collided with each other. And then they ended up losing it in the next inning anyway. Whatever happened to the two guys collided? Did they were they fine or no? Yeah, they were fine. Uh, the one guy, I'm sure he'll be okay. He plays for the Rangers. He's he'll be fine. He'll be good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, you're a guy that comes from. Uh, the, it was weird. You had a weird. You came from the East Coast, but you went to high school in Glen yeah. Ellen. Yeah. So uh, my dad moved me, my five siblings, and my grandfather from Long Island, New York, back to uh, to Glen Ellen. Lived here for six years, went to grammar school and high school. And then right before senior year, I went back to uh, New York, back to Long Island, back to the same hometown, went to senior year back there. But I sent my credits from senior year from the old high school back in Long Island to Glenbard West. So that's why I'm a proud Hilltopper. We're going to have a great football team again. And we won, Fred. We run rugby and we won the volleyball championship again. And that's, there you go. That's the fourth state championship in volleyball in the last eight years. So it's a pretty good run. So they're doing a great for job. People- it's, a great, it's a great community. Uh, we're actually going to do our uh, second brewing kindness. The first one we did was unofficial three years ago. We did it for my reunion then. Uh, we're going to do it for homecoming this year. It's Glenbard Centennial. So our friends at Tilham Red, uh, Steve and uh, Sundi and uh, John Wyth and the crew, we're going to welcome us again. We're going to have another brew day uh, because it's Glenbard West Centennial. Um, we're going to use Centennial Hops. And I want to use this opportunity, too, to thank our friend from BS&G and uh, Task Insurance and and Hopsteiner, and, and you talk about the flavors, you know, Fred, uh, about the beer we had over at yeah. it, it, It's been a big pleasure of mine to be able to share this whole thing with my friends in the ancillary businesses. You know, people are day in and day out selling and doing what shucking and jiving to tell the story for their own businesses. But when I can bring them into a universe that I share in a more laid back setting, you know, we had the brew day at Urban uh, Imperial Oak, and then, you know, the or, or uh, yeah, and then we had Paul there, and he's able to talk hops to the brewers, and people can see what the industry is all about and get a sense of community. And uh, it's it's been a pretty awesome opportunity. So I'm glad you mentioned Two Hound Red because a lot of people that know beer and they know Glen Ellen, they know the beer cellar, uh, Dave Hawley and his stuff, just right there at the beer cellar. I I know I've gone there a couple times around the holidays, grabbing beer and stuff like that. But a block and a half north of there, and you and I've been there. I mean, sure. I've been there with you, but Two Hot Red is right there. It's a great little brewery there. It's awesome. Steve's done a great job. Um, the reality is uh, during the pandemic and, and keeping a, a steady flow of beer, it, it was a little bit more challenging than some of the other ones. But Steve's been on board for over a year now. He's making his beers as good as ever. He's great legacy out of two brothers and also working with Brando down at Workforce. So he's getting everything up and running. The beers are as good as ever. Uh, he makes some good lagers too. He's he's got some taste. He makes a brown ale. He's got some great beers. So uh, that one, I think, because it's uh, it's the Centennial. I think Paul from Hopsteiner's got a Centennial hop for us that we'll be able to cool. use. And uh, cool. So that'll be kind of fun. We hope to get you down to the lake to watch a Glenbard game this some uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Before. Right. Yeah, well, now that now that I have no affiliation with Hinsdale Central, maybe I'll wear what I, I can wear a, 
Uh, maybe when they play down there, I'll wear a shirt or something like that and get stuff thrown at me. But it's a great place playing football right there with the lake and everything like that. And you guys are you're in a house somewhere with a bunch of guys just having an enjoyable, yeah, uh, enjoyable it's, afternoon. It's, it's a it's a very good environment, and obviously having yeah. our roots go back to you know the early '70s when we when we moved out here. So uh, yeah, and and you know that's the thing, Dave. Always and the crew Ben and the crew over at um, Beer Cellar have been doing a great job. Yeah. And then, um, the the bars in town, Main Street, Noble House, um, and. Uh, uh, Maze and Mash are doing a great job bringing craft through uh, through the village, also. So sure. and the, the village links they did a great job remodeling that years ago, and they really stepped up their game with the craft. Our buddy Eric Rip is the uh, beer guy again, so he's been there a long time. So, so anybody that wants to come on out, uh, Imperial Oak and Willow Springs this Saturday. Uh, bring your bike if you're interested, but otherwise, yeah. just come on out for the beer. You know, but it's, you can bring your own food if you want. They got awesome picnic tables set set up outside. Uh, this heat might be a little oppressive for the first few days of this middle of the week, but hopefully it'll be a break by the uh, the weekend. It should be a great. Saturdays, the high on, the high on Saturday is supposed to be in the upper seventies. You'll be great. Perfect. It should be perfect. perfect. Yeah. Weather, drink outside, um, and then you know if you can't make it, you know uh, support your local. I always say try to support your local breweries. They're usually doing something on the weekends or something on right. a Thursday night, and they got organizations that they're trying to bring awareness to. Because a lot of people really, uh, I've been fortunate the last ten years of people you know, reaching out and saying, you know, thinking it's being the greatest job in the world to be able to work in the beer industry. And it, and it really has been, um, yeah. but they want to get into it and actually get back to John, John brand, you know, uh, long before he built out open outcry, he reached out to me or I saw him at an event and he, what's going on. And I said, okay, we could try to figure out how to work into the rotation, help volunteer and clean the kegs and pouring out events and then been, been there on brew days. And then, you know, he bought the building and, it had a yeah. you know neighborhood saloon in it. He started putting some craft beer there, knowing full well he was going to gut the building to start. I don't want to say purposely alienate his uh, sure. clientele, but just to make it a little simpler when he had to close <laughs> down and bring in this uh, this craft stuff. So that's like what I got to say. I, I, oh, it's great. If, it's if, been. I'm going to hopefully share this on some of the social media sites, but I think uh, the Chicagoland area micro brew crew, whatever, one of the bigger groups. Uh, they're always looking to get groups of people together on specific events. So this might be an unofficial uh, one where we get some of our friends. Yeah. If you see me and, and we've said hello, say hello again. And if not, introduce yourself. And uh, I'm the tall guy. Oh, yeah. They can't miss you. Nobody can miss you. Chet, I appreciate it. As always, I'll run into you soon, maybe Saturday. I know I got one or two more stops on Saturday, but I'll, I'll try to get out there. Thanks a lot, cheers, Chet. cheers to everybody. And, uh, and uh, what's the? I, I should have the lingo for the the uh, the male breast court cancer coalition. They have like check the breast or whatever. We'll have that lingo, that thing, because that's part of it. You know, I mean, yeah, I hope in years that have that this Saturday, the Saturday before Father's Day is a men's health awareness thing, not just breast cancer. Just you know, us guys can be a little stubborn when it comes down to uh, yeah, you think yeah. Challenges. Yeah, there's no doubt. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Hello, Chet. Thanks for your time. Talk to you soon. Chet Brett, awesome guy. Again, he's introduced me to so many people in the beer industry and uh, so many wonderful people. And uh, most of them you've seen on the shows uh, or heard on the shows, however you watch the shows here on Hubes, Views, and Brews. I got a couple of beer things. I got a What's Up Friends can. If Mike's still around, we got a couple of sponsors we still want to hit. And, um, I'm almost done with the 22 ounces, so apparently it was pretty good. 
let's do that, and we'll come back a couple of beer notes and uh, what's up, Fred's can before we get out of here on uh, Hubes, Hughes, and Brews. Megaplex Sports Complex is a 78,000-square-foot center filled with hardwood and turf. They have baseball rentals with batting cages, softball, soccer, lacrosse, gymnastics, cheerleading, cornhole, basketball, volleyball, and pickleball. It also features a bar and grill with the best pizza and beef sandwiches around. They cater to events such as birthdays, graduations, corporate parties, as well as memorabilia shows. Check them out at Megaplex Sports Complex, 15301 South Bell Road in Homer Glen, 708-966-4210. Hi, this is Kathy O'Connell at Coach's Corner. Located at 8118 West 143rd Street in Orland Park. Our phone number is 708-364-1026. We are Orland Park's number one sports bar. Come in for our wonderful beer menu and seltzers with a fully stocked bar. Watch a game, drink a beer, and try something off our amazing menu. We have everything to choose from. Nachos, potato skins, and our house-made bar chips to start off with. Then try our tacos, burgers, and one of our delicious sandwiches. And don't leave without trying our famous jumbo wings. They do not disappoint. Coach's Corner, it will sure to become your local bar. Again, we are located at 8118 West 143rd Street in Orland Park. Come see us today. Had a great time at Coach's Corner just a couple weeks ago during the Sox and Cubs series. Uh, wonderful place, Kathy and uh, everybody there. Just great, great. And the wings are absolutely amazing. A um, couple of things I want to get to before we uh, do a What's Up Fred's can, which you'll, you'll be shocked by. Okay. it's I don't know if it's up my can as much as it's me being kinder and gentler. Holy crap. Uh, Pollyanna in St. Charles. Uh, is releasing uh, this Wednesday. They partnered with other breweries in St. Charles, and uh, they're going to have a light amber lager. Riverlands is hosting their kickoff celebration for this light amber lager on Wednesday at 6 o'clock. It's going to be available at DNG Brewing, Altar in St. Charles, 93 Octane, my good friends out there, Mario Spina and company, and also the uh, Broken Bricks Fermentation Emporium. Says this Wednesday, head on out there. You can get the beer, the uh, light amber lager at any of those places. Nick and Ivy making a canal water. They did for the uh, old canal days this weekend. Also, the beer darts flying off the uh, uh, Mike's trying to empty, absolutely empty all of the kegs of beer dart. He loves it. Miskatonic, their seventh anniversary. They got shows coming up Friday and Saturday. A lot of music in the area. Stop by by Miskatonic. Great beer and music. This coming weekend and Black Horizon on Saturday. Probably gonna stop at Black Horizon and head on out to Imperial Oak. But Black Horizon has a comic books and brews. And my brother-in-law, Mike, is a huge artist, a huge comic artist. He loves comics, has a has, I don't know, 30,000, whatever he might have. But Saturday from two till six at Black Horizon, they have uh, comic books and brews 
We're going to head out there on Saturday, take a look at what's going on there. Uh, should be a fun, fun time on Saturday. Again, if you can get out to Imperial Oak in Willow Springs, that'll be fun. Let's uh, really quickly, a what's up, Fred's can. Haven't had one in a while. Let's uh, Let's go with that. Well, maybe it's just because you're ugly. Ugly? You gotta be kidding me. Oh, come on! Time for What's Up Fred's Can on 1252 Sports Chicago. Okay, besides White Sox baseball, what's up my can? Today I went shopping. Mondays I usually go shopping to get eggs and bread and you know, the staples is what they call it. Eggs and bread and something else, some other things you need to eat during the course of the week. I had a pre-made salad, had that for lunch today, um, some yogurt once in a while, things like that. Trying to, you know, if you're going to keep drinking beer, you got to have other ways to lose some weight or drop some pounds or at least stay, stay average, okay? So I go to Walmart, and I go to Walmart a lot. It's close. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm getting. Um, and I'm pulling out of Walmart. I'm putting my I'm putting my groceries in my trunk. And there is an old lady. I'm 65. She's got to be maybe 75. With her husband, who's in the passenger seat, who's probably older. That's probably why she's driving. And as she's backing up, I realize she's coming really close to a cart that another guy from one of the delivery companies, beer delivery companies, he's got his car there. And... She's coming really close to the cart. And I say, you know, cart, 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 cart. And she stops right after she hits the cart. There was nothing in the cart. Maybe a little, maybe one other bag and stuff like that. So she put the car in forward and drive and drove forward. So the guy that was in the car, he looks at her and he gives her the finger. And I'm saying, hey, give her a break. She's old. She didn't see you. Give her a break. And that was so unlike me, because I'm usually would be the guy that would have given her the finger. But it's like, and the guy looked at me and like, okay, he like got into his car and left. But maybe we all should be a little bit nicer. And I, you know what, anybody that knows me that's watching this right now is saying, who the hell are you? Where'd Fred go? What did you do with Fred? Yeah, I know. Maybe we should be a little bit nicer. It was an older lady. Yeah, I know. I knew, Mike. You jump on. What do you say? The guy, when, when I saw this lady, she was like barely, you could barely see over the wheel. She had a hard time seeing behind her. And he, she just hit his cart. It's not a big deal. So anyway, uh, what's up, my can? Let's try to be a little bit nicer, especially if the old, if the people are older. You know, he probably, maybe the guy didn't know they were an old couple. Maybe he would have not given her the finger uh, if he knew they were an older couple. But uh, I saw the whole thing happen, and I got in the car, and I said, you know what? Maybe we should be nicer to people. They don't. Tr she wasn't trying to hit your cart. She was trying to back out of a spot and get out of there. Well, as we're sitting here talking about this, have you, have you ever been behind somebody where it's like, would you go? Oh, my God, go. Well, you here's finally, my big. It finally splits up the two lanes, and you realize they're like 195 years old, and yeah, you feel bad. I have, I have. But here's my biggest problem with driving, and this could be what's up. I can, Mike. When I'm in a turn lane, when I'm in a left turn lane, and the guy in front of me doesn't pull out far enough for me to go when the light changes, 
Now, my sister told me that they've changed the rules of the road. They don't want you to pull out that far. Well, if that's the right, if that's true, then screw them. <laughs> you got to make the damn light. Pull out. There's no reason for you not to pull out as far as you can so that the person behind you can go. I got right. caught again by that the other day. I was so pissed off. I just tapped the horn and just said, I flashed my brights and said, damn it. 99.9% uh, .9 of my life is driving in a car. No, it's the worst. It, it truly it's, is. I'm, I'm, I'm constantly on the road with what, with what I do for work. Yeah, it's it's the worst. And it's absolutely. I, just, I cannot stand traffic. I was hoping, like, it sounds it sounds terrible. It, it really does. It sounds terrible. But I'm with Bill Burr on this one. All right. I was really hoping. I was really, truly hoping, fingers crossed, that this pandemic would lighten up traffic. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bill, Bill Burr has a new comedy special now. The problem is it's not him for the full two hours. It's not. Or hour and a not. half. Yeah, but it's re he's really good. He's the amazing. problem is most of the other people, not so much. Right. But the best line in it is from a, a, the only black comedian on it. His name's Ian Edwards, I think. And he has a great line where he said, I've realized that I've realized that real traffic bothers me more than human trafficking. <laughs> right. Yes. And that's one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in my life. Yes. yes. In people, my life. People are terrible. I well, mean, here. The slightest bit of rain, the slightest bit of anything. Yeah. yeah. It just my buddy, stops. my buddy Larry came up with a really good one. And you would, you would probably appreciate this. I may even have told you this one. He said, you know what? You watch those commercials when they want you to, they're trying to raise money for dogs and you see like a two and a half minute commercial with, you know, sad music and these dogs are homeless. And if you could please send some money right. and it's like, Oh my God, where can, where's my wallet? Where can I, how do I call? And then right. you see pictures of kids with no food and you like turn the channel. It's like, what else is on? <laughs> what else is on? The best part is when they send you a nickel in the mail. Yeah, like this nickel will feed five starving kids in Africa or five starving kids in India. Now, why'd you send it to me? Why'd yeah. you send it to me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> send it to them. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh God. Okay, that's about enough. We've gone way too long. I've had you work longer. You got to get up early in the morning tomorrow, I'm sure. So uh, appreciate Chet Brett for jumping on in. Uh, the White Sox just struggling. The Cubs got a big series with the Padres. Big for the Padres as they're trying to uh, stay close in the NL West. And the Cubs got the Braves later on this week. We'll see how things go. We'll be back again next Monday, hopefully talking about what happened over the weekend. Uh, good baseball and maybe some good beer uh, at the Comic Books and Brews from uh, Black Horizon Brewing and also with uh, Chet Brett and uh, out in Willow Springs, Imperial Oak, and have a great time. So until then, uh, I did finish the 22 ounces, 11.5, and it was fine. It was fine. Again, maybe a beer expert would have told you, well, it's not perfect. It's eight years old. It didn't have to be perfect. It was good for uh, Hubes, Views, and Brews. Thanks a lot. Thanks to Mike. Don't forget, he's out again later on this week. we got a lot of stuff coming up here on 1252 Sports Chicago. Don't go anywhere. Make sure you check us all out, not only here on uh, Facebook, but also on YouTube, on Twitch, and on Spotify with the audio each and every week right here on 1252 Sports. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to 
1252 Sports Chicago.